This is the Quantum Biology Podcast, where we break down the practical health applications of this emerging science, starting with healthy light habits and going wherever the quantum superhighway takes us. In this episode, naturopathic physician and quantum biology educator, Dr. Katherine Clinton, gives a beginner's overview as to how and why the practices of light and grounding are so foundational to our health. Her expansive view of biology covers our place in the cosmos and why being connected to the earth and its rhythms are integral not just to our physical well-being, but also our mental health and ability to process trauma. This is an inspiring and relaxing conversation with a quantum biologic practitioner at the top of her game. And just a quick note, Dr. Clinton mentions at the end of the interview that her book is coming out in 2022. It is coming out summer 2023, and we will definitely have her back on to talk about it. Enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome. We're here today with Dr. Katherine Clinton. Um, Dr. Clinton, could you just introduce yourself and say a little bit about what you do? Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to talk to you about my favorite subject. So I'm a licensed naturopathic physician here in Oregon, and I my sort of path um, into my specialty was being diagnosed with several autoimmune conditions. So that happened right in the middle of medical school, and that sort of led to my focus on autoimmunity and gut health and how that connects to the greater world that we're living in. Wonderful. And I, I noticed in your work, you have a very strong focus on connecting to nature and which, you know, the whole point of this channel is to talk about the, in the connection between light and health. So could you talk about how the, the nature aspect came to be so strong in your work versus just focused on focusing on like food and supplements. So I'll just start right back kind of where I was at. I was um, in my second year of medical school. And as I'm sure we've all heard, it's kind of like that initiation phase where you're being pushed and pushed and long hours, long clinic hours. And uh, it was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and Hashimoto thyroiditis, multiple parasites and GI infections and Lyme disease. So, um, oh. you know, I was collecting quite a list. Yeah. There. <laughs> <laughs> a whole grocery store. In there. <laughs> right, exactly. Collecting as many as I could. And um, really, I was in the a perfect spot, right? I was in naturopathic medical school. So I had access to the best um, naturopathic physicians, acupuncturists, so many different healing modalities. And I was able to kind of piece myself back together physically and get back to that quality of life that I had known before I was sick. And that's what uh, most patients want to do. But once we get back to that uh, previous quality of life, we can kind of start to reassess how that actually isn't the full quality of life that we're meant to have. And so working with myself and my family and my patients, you know, I was able to help them piece that physical piece back together and learning about sort of the neuro um, immunology piece and, and psychoneuroimmunology piece, how our mind affects our health. That was kind of the next really 
big leveling up that my health and my patient's health uh, took was really understanding how our mind and the frequency of our thoughts can directly affect our health. And so that was just another real level. But it was always like, you know, I explain it like a puzzle piece that fits perfectly, but just not plugged in to the puzzle, right? It's just mm -hmm. a little bit out of skew. And that's kind of how I felt and countless patients that I've talked to feel this disconnect in life and this uh, longing to connect to something bigger, to feel the vitality of something bigger. And that's where light really came into, um, into my life and into my practice was really researching about mitochondria. And that kind of blew open this whole other world of like, oh, wow, um, this isn't what we were taught. We focus so much on the material and the matter. We've left the energetic, uh, physiology completely behind and it's so fundamentally first and important in our our body and our health so that's really what um opened the door wide open and i've just been um going down the rabbit hole ever since it's absolutely amazing wonderful and how how do you explain, you know, if I was a, a patient and I was like, yes, I understand, I need to improve, I just not you know, yes, I understand I need to improve my diet and I would like some supplements. Um, but like, what are you talking about light? What it, how does light have anything to do with it? Like, how do you explain that to somebody who really has never entertained that concept before, like the role of light and our mitochondria? Well, I like to start a little bit bigger, right? So I like to start with how we don't really recognize the connections um, or we don't acknowledge is a better word because we absolutely recognize there's tons of science behind this, um, decades and decades. But I like to start with something a little more familiar in the you know zeitgeist. So I talk about the connection between the gut and the brain, um, the heart and the brain, the lung gut connection. So I start to talk about how our physiology is connected in, in more ways than we acknowledge. And then I do like to bring it down to a mitochondria and, and talk about how those are the you know, we typically think of them as the powerhouses, the energy um, makers of the cell. But when we really start to look at what's happening is all of these connections, the immune system, the gut, um, the heart, our neurological connection, our fascial connection, the way our mitochondria communicate, our whole body is a messaging system. And so when we start to really understand and wrap our heads around that, then we can understand that what's coming in are messages and what our body is responding to are messages. So messages such as processed food, artificial lighting, um, living out of sync with with our solar system and, and our place in the universe really is a massive, um, danger signal to our biology. And when we can replace those danger signals with uh, safety signals, such as um, 
water, you know, staying hydrated, such as light that interacts with our own intercellular water. This is where we make profound changes. And this is what I really think is the underlying difference that that we're seeing and how people respond um, to different diets, to different medications, to different social situations and stressors is really their ability to um, receive that input from the light in our environment, from photons, from phonons, from the frequencies in our world. And um, it being able to travel throughout our biology. I have a feeling that the blockages in the communication are where our sickness and our chronic disease really um, stem from. So getting to the light is super foundational. So I like to pick, pique people's interest, you know, and let them know that it's way bigger than um, one little piece. You know, it's way bigger than a red light machine or, or um, so many, there's so many wonderful things, but it's really a deeper connection into how our body has evolved. Our biology has evolved in this greater ecosystem and, and what it means to be human. And so, that's what I like to do. I like to kind of open the doors the way they were open for me, you know, just really highlight that possibility for, of course, better health, but deeper connection and a, a deeper vitality that, that reaches, you know, infinitely. I love that. I love it. Okay. So I have so many different things I want to ask you now. I'm going to start with, you mentioned our place in the solar system, say more about, about how this works on a, on that level, as opposed to uh, our place in our localized ecosystem. The solar system is a much bigger picture way of looking at it. Yeah. And I love to do that because I think that's what we're really missing in medicine and our society is we've walked so far away. You know, we've, we used to as, as a human race, humanity was living in such deep connection to, um, the, the cycle, the yearly cycle, the orbits of the planets. And, you know, I was just reading something the other day about, um, Hindu cosmology and we're talking, you know, way back BCE style, you know, um, very far back, definitely ancient civilization. They had the um, yearly orbit of the planet at I, it just like very close to our 365 day, you know, it's like within a few seconds. Um, and so it's, it's really amazing that with our advanced technology and and learning and research and studies that we've become so myopic um we've really forgotten quite literally our place in in the solar system we are so deeply connected to the rhythm of the sun to our orbit around the sun and it has 
profound effects on our health, our mental health, our physical health. Um, and it's really not acknowledged in, in medicine. And to think if it was, I mean, what an amazing thing that would be to have our health and our medicine really attuned to our place in, in this universe in this world we are supposed to be on this spinning rock you know orbiting this massive star and this influx of photons that comes from the sun you know again we get so myopic we think about well what what does the sunlight do to me it makes vitamin d and it can make me you know increase my dopamine and serotonin but on a grander scale what's happening is this highway, this flood of universal photons are coming down and they're interacting with me and that gets flooded to the people closest to me in my family and in my community. And that literally travels, that photonic energy travels from person to person across the globe. So it really connects us in a way that I don't think we've been connected for, for, um, centuries really and it's something that we're desperately seeking as humans you know finding our place uh it's putting that puzzle piece that's been kind of irritating us because we're out of we're out of that perfect fit right and by perfect fit i don't mean that there isn't disease or sickness or death i mean finding that place of comfort and that place of connection with the world around us really That is beautiful. Thank you for that, Catherine. I hadn't thought about it in exactly that way before. And um, so we've, we've lived, my family, we've lived in, for my husband's job, like a boring corporate job, but we got to live in different places in the world. And so we've traveled with our children and seen a lot of prehistoric sites. And they're always like, how did they build that? How did they know to do that? And we're like, astronomy astronomy you know and it's true it's like these these some of these things are thousands and thousands of years old um and yet yeah they we just inherent had an inherent understanding absolutely how to connect with the cosmos to the point we could build geometric structures <laughs> and i i saw recently you're writing about geometry so i wonder if that plays into it as well I, I absolutely think that. I think that the power of our human experience on this earth, the power of generations observing that um, relationship with our place on the earth, with the animals, with the plants, with the sun, the moon, the air, the water, all of that stuff um, has been disregarded. And it's amazing to look through a microscope right it's amazing to do research and and i don't want to downplay that but i also think that we've come so far the other way that if it's not seen underneath a microscope it doesn't exist and it's like you know when we talk about light um interacting with our body and structuring the water that we drink and the intercellular water within our body, you know, looking back at what the Mayans were doing with their water supply, they were filtering and structuring their water with zeolite. Um, 
And, and of course, they didn't have the studies that, that we are now seeing in quantum physics, right? They didn't have that microscopic uh, quantum knowledge, but they had a definite macroscopic quantum knowledge that came from generations of lived experience. And so that's something that I don't think we should throw aside. Um. When you were uh, talking about the like the messages that we're get, we're getting um, from different um, kind of inputs in our environment, um, so when we have a healthy input, like we're drinking you know quality water, or standing in our bare feet on the ground and in natural light, you talked about that telling our body, giving it a, a signal of safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. And I'm curious in terms of mental health, which so, you know, so much of our um, mental disorders, I think stem from a place of not feeling safe. Absolutely. Do you talk about the connection between um, being well connected to the natural world and mental health? Um. Let's just uh, add a little context to that and and what what's happening, right? What's happening when we are feeling uh, chronically stressed, anxious, depressed, uh, trauma, right? Um, it's been a incredible couple of years and we have been um, chronically stressed to say the least, right? And so when we're in that state, uh, physiologically, what's happening is we see a shift in our microbiome from more beneficial species of microbes to more harmful species of microbes. And what we also see at the same time is a dip in our T regulatory cells. And our T regulatory cells are the ones that go through the immune system and put out the inflammatory fires um, from infection, from inflammatory reactions to all kinds of things, autoimmune reactions. They're the ones that go in and say, hey, okay, enough, simmer down, let's decrease that inflammation. And chronic stress and trauma derange the gut microbiome. They decrease the T regulatory count systemically throughout the body, which is going to raise uh, inflammation. At the same time as all this is happening, we see an increase in intestinal intestinal permeability, right, or leaky gut. And that also increases inflammation systemically. And what we're seeing is that that stressor, that trauma, that chronic stress, and the changes that happen in our body can last a lifetime if they're not addressed, right? So that derangement of the microbiome, the immune system, um, it deranges our vagal nerve and a neurological connection, right? So um, it's harder for us to access that frontal lobe that makes calm, rational decisions. You know, it does a whole bunch of different things in our body and unless we address that, those um, can persist. And what we see is that some of the most powerful ways to address that is by accessing the things that we have evolved with over millennia, right? The sun, the earth, water, um, resistant starches in plants, omega-3s, um, 
from from sea plants and seafood right and is it because omega-3s uh we've isolated this new compound and it's amazing well kind of but what really is happening is that as humans, we evolved forever around waterways, right? Um, we needed to live by water. Uh, we ate seafood. We ate seed plants. This was something that was ingrained in our biology, in our DNA. So one of my favorite studies is a study looking at infants in the NICU. And they had to be separated from the mothers at birth for medical reasons. And they took that separation as the um, the trigger stimulus for that trauma. And they saw that uh, it had the same effects we're talking about, right? That derangement of the gut microbiome. And so what they did with these infants um, who, again, they needed to be separated for medical reasons, but the researchers knew that would be traumatizing. And so they tested the microbiome. They saw that inevitable shift from beneficial microbes to more harmful microbes. And all they did was supplement with omega-3 fatty acids in the bottles of breast milk for these infants. And they saw a complete reversal in that microbiome derangement. So this is a wonderful example of how something that we've grown and evolved with over millennia can really change um, our health and impact our mental health and our physical health. And the same goes for, like you said, uh, bare feet on the, on the earth, getting in that uh, natural light, that AM sunlight and that evening sunlight and afternoon sunlight in between. All of these things are safety signals that help our biology reverse that rampant inflammation of modern living. And that's really what's happening is there's just this constant barrage of danger signals, you know, toxins, processed foods, stay up late, um, you know, driving to work. I mean, that can be a, a stressor. There's, the list goes on and on with the danger signals. And when we can start replacing those with safety signals, then we see that biology regulate itself. We see those um, those mental health sort of patterns of anxiety and depression and um, chronic stress and trauma, we see those start to resolve when we can receive those messages of safety, when our body isn't on high alert, you know, trying to, to stop the, the cracking dam by putting our fingers in all the holes. They just, it's like a chaotic uh, message, right? And and really what our body is used to is this uh, really intricate, intimate orchestra of the world around us, the light, the sound, um, other people in our community and whether we feel safe there. And I, and I just want to say at this point, I think that this is one of the massive, major, wonderful things about reconnecting to light as our, as our health source, as reconnecting to the earth for our health source is finding that safety in something that doesn't depend on another person. If we are, um, you know, if we are lucky enough to have that support and that safety in our community and our 
families. That is wonderful. And we should cherish it and build it and share it. But many of us don't have that safe landing spot. We don't have uh, a safe family and or a safe community. And reconnecting with the world around us allows us to widen that net of safety, um, to be able to feel safe and held by uh, time and nature, by physical contact with the world, by physical contact of the sun and sunlight. That is so powerful. Um, I would wish that everyone could access that. And we can is the the exciting thing. Oh, that is beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm getting chills thinking about that. And it's true that coming home to nature and that it takes the pressure off and we don't maybe need our all the people around us to show up exactly the way we think they should <laughs> if we're already at home in our bodies. Or, or the workplace environment or, you know, yeah. all of it. Um, it that doesn't have to be safe and it might not be uh, we can find safety and health in in other ways and that's so powerful wow um so my last question i know there's been in the last couple of years we've been thinking more about our immune systems than we ever have <laughs> uh, in our lives could you share could you share how you explain how the immune system works We've been primed and, uh, <laughs> you know, when we think about schooling, I think about my medical schooling, when we think of the immune system, it's really the defense system, right? It's our defenses against the world, um, against the germs, and just an example like autoimmune conditions. So autoimmune uh, conditions, if you were to internet search that, you would instantly find it's your body attacking itself, right? And that's absolutely not what's happening. It's your body, again, responding to the messages that it's receiving from the world around us, from our environment. And our environment includes so many things, our toxins, our food, our light environment, our interaction with nature, our interaction with people and our community. And when we look at what what our immune system is doing. It is a messaging system and our microbiome is really um, sort of the uh, postal service or something, you know, the intermediary between the two so that we are receiving these um, in informational signals from the world around us. And our DNA is really fine tuned. It's really, um, for lack of a better word, these are tuning forks that are receiving this information, whether it be from food or toxins or light or phonons and sound, um, frequencies of our thought. So when we're talking about how we can live in the best health in our environment that is filled with so many other people, so many other microbes, what we're talking about is removing as many danger signals as we can and replacing with as many safety signals, as many evolutionary signals that, that we have evolved with over millennia. That's when the messaging system becomes primed, becomes fast, and 
not sluggish, right? So again, let's, we were talking about light and really a myopic focus on vitamin D, right? So if we take out all of that vitamin D stuff and look at what sun, the sunlight is doing with the immune system besides vitamin D, it's literally energizing and invigorating it so that it messages faster, cleaner, more efficiently. And that's what our immune system is. It's a messaging system. It's not a defensive mechanism. It's a messaging system. So we, the more we can be mindful of what messages we have around us, what messages we are um, giving out and internalizing, the better health, the better uh, communication and and networking that this immune system will be able to do wow i love that it's a great way to think of it um and when you say um tend your terrain tell us about that well i started that um in early 2020 when people were spraying beaches with bleach um, to get rid of any dangerous microbes. I, I just talk about getting out of sync. I was up at night, you know, what are we doing? Um, and that's when I started um, using that hashtag on social media and inviting people to really start thinking about, you know, so many of us, when we talk about the immune system, we think about our body and our uh, defense mechanism and how do we keep it up and tight and you know that kind of thinking but tender terrain is really meant to open us up to a bigger idea that this our our we don't stop at the barriers of our skin right we are intimately connected to the terrain within us the microbiome but that terrain expands throughout the universe, really, if we want to zoom out that far. Um, so when we are talking about increasing temperatures on the earth, we know that that affects mammals microbiome. It makes viral interactions more severe, more virulent. And, and that's something that we want to keep in context that we don't end at the barriers of our skin. We are connected to the earth and the sun and the health of the earth dictates the health of our bodies. So when we're talking about tending our terrain, it's not just eating good food and, and being good to your family and neighbors and your garden, right? It's really tending to the world around us so that we can start to acknowledge and put into practice that we are a piece of this bigger ecosystem. And our health depends on the health of the greater ecosystem and vice versa, right? This, e this greater ecosystem depends on us being healthy and resilient and doing what we do in the ecosystem best, right? So um, that's what it's really meant to do, is meant to open that idea of how connected we are, both to our own internal terrain and, you know, intercellular water and microbiome and thoughts, uh, psychoneuroimmunology, and how that just bleeds out to the world around us and our health is intimately um, intertwined and dependent. 
Thank you. So cool. Um, if you were to have a message for the mental health community, um, we've recently had some psychotherapists join our community who are act trying to actively research connections um, and ways to use light and to help their patients. Um, there's not really a lot of people doing that right now. So what would your, if you had a message for them, for those people, what would it be? Um, my message would be thank you so very much. Uh, this is this is quite needed. And there aren't a lot of bridges between works, right? But I think that anyone looking at light therapy in um, today's climate with today's uh, access to research and knowledge, I love recommending Bruce Lipton's book. And he, Bruce Lipton talks a lot about um, the frequency of our thoughts and how that interacts with ourselves. And we can replace that for um, light, right? So we're really dealing with frequency. And, and I would encourage everyone to really dive into the research around psychoneuroimmunology and how that impacts our mental health and how, um, how reversible and fluid it is. There are so many people out there needing help and support around um, around their me mental health. And so I applaud all of you doing the work. And those are some of my favorite resources out there. PubMed, Psychoneuroimmunology, there's just a slew of research out there. And really connecting what um, someone like Bruce Lipton is saying about stem cells and, and our thoughts and frequencies for the frequency of light, um, because it's a direct correlation with mental health and, and what's happening physiologically. So. So yes, thank you for doing that work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I think I think um, Bruce Lipton was the first person I heard use the term epigenetics. And for a long time, that was because yes, I read his books like when I don't know ages ago. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, that term was like seemed to be a little disdained and considered a little woo. Um, and then I came across Dr. Dr. Jack Cruz and he was throwing that word around. Like <laughs> he, he was talking about epigenetics, like it was a foregone conclusion because he understood quantum biology. Yeah. And so would you say that the, the idea behind epigenetics can now be more, uh, scientifically validated because of the work that, um, like Khalili and those guys did with quantum biology? keep coming back to this, but it opens up these doors, right? It, it really opens up um, ideas of different ideas of genetics, different ideas of resonancy, um, morphic resonant fields, um, really interacting with our, our DNA and, and really what's happening. You know, um, the rainbow and the worm is another huge one. It's very very dense. Um, I actually took three quantum physics courses <laughs> just to be able to understand that book. <laughs> but it um, it's amazing what's happening energetically with the body. And, and absolutely, uh, epigenetics is 
it's a foregone conclusion. We know it to be true. And we know that there's more impacting it than um, what we are currently, what mainstream is currently looking at, right? So um, resonant fields and, and how those frequencies interact with our protein uh, uh, resonant tuning forks, so to speak, um, opens up a whole new line of thought and and it's an important line of thought because it connects us to so many different things and in this day and age of technology it lays pause to um to just rampant um technological advance without seeing what it's doing to ourselves and uh, the ecosystem around us and the the frequencies um, and emfs that are emitted i mean we know that every single thing emits its own signature emf frequency right so um how does that interact with each other it, it all comes down to frequencies and so um epigenetics is a fascinating um field of study that opens up so many things that should be opened up <laughs> yeah no it's um it's such a fun time because I, yeah, I really was someone who studied things more from a, a, a spiritual psychological point of view for a long time. Um, and then when I started to understand about quantum biology, it validated everything. And it was just like, you know, I just, I know so many people right now are having these kinds of just sort of spiritual experiences because all of these things that they intuited to be true, but we're very much, um, disdained by consensual science. It's now all upside down. <laughs> yes. No, I am fully, um, excited and, and just, I just can't wait. I have such a feeling of anticipation and hope and enthusiasm and joy about this, um, coming together with this knowledge and really spreading it and having it become um, as well known as, you know, our anatomy in second grade. We should be learning about our energetic anatomy and what it all means um, in, in second grade as well, or earlier, you know. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, it's true. Maybe, uh, maybe our grandchildren will get that. <laughs> <laughs> um dr clinton do you have any any final thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap up anything that's coming to you i would just like to say thank you for um having me and thank everyone for watching and listening uh the more that we can get this information out the more healing that can happen in humanity and in the world at large. So um, I applaud everyone for digging deeper and sharing this message. So thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for studying uh, quantum physics so that you can understand it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's dense right and i yeah. um i have to admit i'm finishing up work on a book and one of my disclaimers is 
I have to rely on the math of others for this, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if all the quantum physics agree that the math is right, I follow along. I am not there with my math skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but even well, conceptually- Someone recently told me that Einstein wasn't relied on the math of others a lot of the time. So I think you're, I think you're good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, apparently he was not, he was- I mean, he obviously was good at math, but apparently it wasn't like his major skill. And I didn't know that for so long. His skill was seeing the big picture and finding threads to pull together. But he yep. then relied and on I, other people's math to make sure it was correct. And I was like, really? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> good. Oh, and that's really what we're missing, right? Is those yeah. thread pullers. We like, we we don't have thread pullers anymore. You have to... You have to have a degree in quantum physics, mathematics to speak yeah. on this. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, I specialize, I, specialize, specialize. Yeah. 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 And my undergrad was in philosophy. So this is. Oh, really, there we go. <laughs> yeah. This is really my Perfect. cup of tea. <laughs> I love it. Um, when is your book coming out? I hope that it's coming out in early uh, 2022. Okay. Wonderful. And what is it about? It is about uh, terrain theory and how, what it means, what our terrain really means. So it's an expanded uh, look at what all the things we were talking about today. Fantastic. Um, well, wonderful. Well, I'd love to, to um, yeah, help you promote that book in any way that I can when it's ready. So please let me know. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for writing it. Um, and uh, yes, thank you. It was really a, a great pleasure to uh, to connect with you. So thanks for doing Likewise, that. likewise. I love what you're doing. And, and I was uh, just thrilled when you reached out. So thank you so much and keep oh. doing what you're doing. It's so important. Thank you. This has been the Quantum Biology Collective Podcast. To find a practitioner who practices from this point of view, visit our directory at quantumbiologycollective.org. If you are a practitioner, definitely take a look at the Applied Quantum Biology Certification, a six-week study of the science of the new human health paradigm and its practical application with your patients and clients. We also love to feature graduates of the program on this very podcast. Until next time, the QBC.